Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Time for Fan Mail Friday, where I'll be answering your questions and dropping some knowledge and feedback to help you kick the weekend off right. If you're new to the Art of Charm podcast, this is not the greatest place to start. Most of our content is much more in-depth. There's a lot longer format stuff out there, so check the best of at theartofcharm.com slash best or the fundamentals toolbox at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox. That's where we've got the fundamentals of body language and nonverbal communication, attraction, negotiation, networking, and everything else we teach here at The Art of Charm. All right, let's cut to it. Jonathan says, I'm a huge fan of the podcast, and I found this week's Fan Mail Friday particularly interesting. This is actually a couple of weeks ago. He says, I realize when you're talking about the red flags and people acting in a controlling way, I sometimes behave like that. If you have any suggestions for how to feel less insecure and start acting in a more positive way towards people I'm in a relationship with, I'd love to hear them. Now, actually, Jonathan, this is a really good question. First of all, yeah, of course, we have tons of stuff on confidence and being less insecure in relationships. The toolbox is probably the best place to do that. I don't know if, Jonathan, if you've listened to all those episodes yet, but I would start there. That said, the red flags list, the whole issue with all the different sort of lists of controlling behaviors, if you're doing that stuff occasionally, it's called being human. Don't worry. Doing one of those things some of the time or all of those things, even on rare occasions, it doesn't mean that you're controlling and you're abusive and you're uh, a bad person. I mean, there's probably some stuff in there that's more heinous than others. I can't remember off the top of my head, but this is totally normal. So unless you are combining a lot of these things, it's not one thing, it's a combination. And if you're doing them habitually or more often than not, and it's not just the occasional jealous slip, then I would definitely look into seeking help on that. But if it is just a little jealous slip, it's totally normal. I'm guilty of it just like everybody else. And the fact that you're even worried about this enough to ask me and ask us indicates that your intention with this is not to be controlling, it's not to be jealous and crazy, so you don't have a whole lot to worry about. If you're doing this in all of your relationships, like if you're ruining all of your intimate relationships with every your past five girlfriends you've you know looked in their phones or been controlling or things like that, then yes, then you have a pattern. That means it's a problem. But if it's just something that happens here and there, totally normal, part of humanity. Jason, am I leaving anything out? No, I think you covered all the bases. I mean, yeah, just look at your relationship history. And if this has been a problem, this behavior has been a problem and it has cost you relationships in the past, then that's what to look for. And if it hasn't, then... You're right, man. It's it's totally part of humanity. We've all slipped every now and again. And it's just it's when you find that pattern of aberrant behavior that it really becomes a problem. Yeah, I agree. This one comes from Angelo. And he says, why are so many people content with the nine to five? And I thought about this a lot. And I went to my favorite place in the whole world for this kind of thing, which is Quora and some of my entrepreneur friends. And I got some great answers. And it comes down to this. There's an inverse correlation between contentedness and drive. In other words, contentedness and drive kind of don't really work together that well. So for example, when you make enough money to live a comfortable life and you're doing pretty well, you got your wife, you got your kids or whatever, it's not necessarily worth the risk or the time or both for some of us to 
to do the whole change the world thing, especially in the sense that you mean. And some of us get lucky and we get that entrepreneurial itch when we're in our early or mid or late 20s or even in our 30s, but we haven't quite settled down yet. We can do this. But if you've got a family, it becomes a lot harder. And so the stakes are a lot higher. And the, the other fact is most people are content with the status quo. It's human nature. It's how societies have worked throughout history. It's how civilizations have become successful. There's a shared set of values. There's a shared set of goals. And if you've achieved those in your society or in your culture, you've got this sense of belonging. You've got the sense of pride. You know, if you belong to a fa highly family-oriented culture, for, let's say you're Chinese or something like that, you've got the you value those relationships over hustling, getting money, you know, getting that money and that kind of thing, and that's totally normal. Uh, it it doesn't mean that some cultures are better at entrepreneurship than others. It just means that sometimes people are going to fall into that better or quicker. And what that means is that those that want to take their life to another level, and I don't mean a better level, I mean just a different level, is that you've got to risk a lot of time. You've got to risk. You've got to sacrifice a lot of relationships that you've been invested in. You don't even worry about the fact that there's a whole luck factor. You've got to plan things. You've got to be super smart. You've got to have hustle. That This is what it takes for the average person to sort of change levels and level up. And some people don't even know where to start. And that takes this whole thing from risky to damn near impossible, even if that's in your own head. And we talk about a lot of these topics here on the show as well, but it doesn't mean that everyone's cut out for that. So a lot of times people are just content to live or continue in a society where they're just successful enough to be pretty much happy. And that's why most people will never take the risk. The risk itself is scary. It's fear. They're content. They can support their family. They've got everything going on that they need to do. They're looking forward to the weekend, and there's not really anything wrong with that. We need those people too, and we need that stability because the reason that guys – like me are able to take these risks as because the whole society is not going to fall apart when we fail, not if, but when we fail. So there's always going to be a grocery store. There's still going to be hospitals and police officers and schools and things like that. And most game changers and innovators and things like that, we will, well, I shouldn't throw myself in that it sounds grandiose, but people rely on those things to become successful. Every entrepreneur needs those things too. So in a sense, people who are quote unquote content with the nine to five, they're doing their part to change the world. We need those basic services that they have, not or not so basic services. And frankly, imagine the amount of nine to fivers it takes to build the car that you drive or the house that you live in and the things that you use to get most of your business in the first place. So this is how societies work. And if you're not content with the status quo, then maybe you're gonna be more likely and driven to take that financial risk and that social risk and make that sacrifice to take it to the next level. And that's something that's, to be commended, in my opinion, but you got to think about who's going to work for you when that happens. So I hope that makes sense. I don't have any problem with people that are not entrepreneurial. In fact, I think it's kind of a trendy thing right now to be an entrepreneur, and I feel like there's a lot of looking down on the people who don't get to quote-unquote work from the beach, from these uh, sort of internet entrepreneurs that think they've got everything figured out. Jason, am I missing anything here? I know you and I sort of peeve about this stuff too. Yeah, I think the thing that you're really kind of missing here, the one the one key is think about the master craftsman. It takes you know somebody a lifetime to become a master craftsman and they can't do that if they're trying to be an entrepreneur. You know, the entrepreneur is the person that takes the best master craftsman, puts them together and builds a business and then changes the world, but there are a lot of people that just want to master their craft. They want to go into the office every day and get better at what they do because they love what they do. 
You know, so I don't think there's anything wrong with not wanting to be an entrepreneur. I think it's just a different mindset and a different skill set. It has been popularized with, you know, the Zuckerbergs of the world recently, where everybody just wants to become a gazillionaire. But I know I have tons of friends who just want to go into work every day and get better at what they do because they love what they do. They go home at the end of the day. They can be with their family and have a nice life and they're content. They don't want to have to work, you know, a hundred hours a week sitting there with accountants and figuring out their EBITDA and all this other stuff. It's like, you know what? I want to go in and build a widget and I want to build the best widget I can. And I'm happy doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. There's some kind of, I don't know if it comes from marketing from people selling the entrepreneurial dream. I think it might largely come from that, but there's some sort of weird fallacy where it's like you go to these conferences where people are talking about entrepreneurial stuff or, you know, I'll sit down at a dinner with other entrepreneurs and a few entrepreneurs who sort of want to be in our shoes. And it's like they kind of think everybody who's not hanging out at that place at that time with their own online business is somehow drinking themselves into oblivion, just waiting for the clock to hit 5 p.m. on Friday so they can go like you know, lather themselves up at a bar and light off firecrackers or something. I mean, it's it's just weird, right? It's like a weird sort of image that they're never going to be happy until they get this business going. And, and for me, it's just another form of escapism. It's like maybe you're not content in your job. So instead of looking at ways you can actually improve your life or another career path that you can get in and master, you start to think, I'll only be happy when I'm a best-selling author with an award-winning podcast, whatever the F that means, and, you know, a bunch of followers on Instagram. And it's just a bunch of baloney that people who are doing things to sell you stuff online are telling you. That's what yeah, that's what I was going to say. Don't discount the snake oil salesman. Yeah. Yeah. There are people out there that are going to sell you packages to become the best entrepreneur in the world because they want to sell you something and they want you to be an entrepreneur because then you're going to buy their programs. They're going to you. They want you to buy into their lifestyle even though they know that 99% of new businesses fail, you know? And yep. I think you hit on that in that last set, that last comment. It's just like, yeah, there are people out there that want you to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, because it, it suits them financially because they know that you're going to invest a ton of money and a ton of time and have that sunk cost and then go, Jordan, rescue me. And I'll go, no problem. For 1997, I'll show you the secret to what great entrepreneurs, blah, 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 blah. So if you're working a day job and you're content with it and you've got a little bit of FOMO, fear of missing out, because you're not doing the entrepreneurial thing, but it seems like all your friends are and maybe you're going to regret it, I'll tell you this. You're probably not going to regret giving up a career that you enjoy to put everything on the line and risk everything because dot, 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 one of your friends might get rich because statistically it's unlikely. And frankly, if I had to do it all over again, a day job type of regular nine to five thing isn't going to suit me, but I don't love that about myself. You know, to be totally frank, I think it would be awesome if I was just content with a sort of a nine to five and I raised a family in the middle of like Michigan where I grew up. I, th I would be fine with that if I were a different person, but I'm so restless not because I'm so driven and I've got to make a great impact. I Frankly, it's just freaking ADD or hyperactivity or something that's causing me to be restless and create stuff all the time like this. It doesn't mean that I would choose that. If I had to outline my whole lifestyle, I probably wouldn't do that if I could choose my personality traits. you know. But I didn't, and so what I'm doing now is great and awesome, but I don't think I would wish it on most people, frankly. So I hope that helps, and I hope that makes some people sort of sit back and relax and go to work on Monday and think, this is where I belong, and it's cool, and I'm fine with that, and I'm not missing out on anything.
This one comes from Greg. He says, hey, man, I love the show. Thanks for putting in all the work. Uh, you talked about taking Adderall in college. I had the same problem you did. I've been taking Adderall for six months now. It's helped a lot, but it's not something I need to lean on. I'm not addicted to it by any means yet, but like you, I feel more social and somewhat happier when I'm on these meds. Also, I've realized that when I take them, my brain tends to think much more creatively and analytically. I'm a business analytics major at a university, and I was just wondering if you had any advice as to how to achieve that sort of state of mind off the meds. This is interesting, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of you for thinking about this because Adderall is bad for your body. Stimulants generally are bad for your body, and Adderall is really, really bad for your body because it's, he it's heavy duty. It is habit forming from what I understand and certainly from my experience. So I'll tell you some things that help me. I'm not a doctor. Neither is Jason. Even though if we put on lab coats, we would look like doctors. We certainly aren't. So if you're having a problem with this, go to a doctor. The problem is most doctors are just going to go, yeah, we'll just stop taking it or I'll lighten your dose or whatever. And therapists are going to say, well, you're not addicted. So there's no problem yet. So that's here. I'm going to try to help you where I can. The one thing that I changed the most that really helped me out was changing my sleep schedule and realizing that trying to fit the square peg through the round hole is not necessary. So when I was in college, like every college kid and everywhere, I couldn't get up early and it was a problem and I felt like a lazy waste of skin. So I started doing things to like get natural sunlight in my room so I'd wake up a little bit earlier and a little bit fresher. That helped a ton. I started going to bed at a reasonable time. I still wasn't getting up at 8 a.m., you know, with the roosters and jumping out of bed. But I realized also, hey, listen, I'm getting work done. It's 11 p.m. I'm going to sleep in until 11 p.m. if I go to bed at 1 or 2 a.m. And that was fine for me. And as I've gotten older, I've adjusted to get up earlier and go to bed a little bit earlier as well. And this is okay. And there's this sort of societal pressure where if you get up after – whatever hour you're thinking, what would my dad say? What would my mom say? I'm going to look lazy. I feel lazy. And that can be really tough on you. You don't need societal pressure telling your body when to wake up. Your body knows when it's tired. Your body knows when it needs to get up. People your age need more sleep. Just be okay with it. Forget what everybody else says and forget what other people are telling you you need to be doing, myself included, if it doesn't suit you. So change your sleep schedule. Easiest way for me to get up with sunlight. Exercise helped me get to sleep earlier. If you're not exercising regularly, something that's not necessarily totally exhausting you, but something that's gonna exhaust your body because a lot of times what happens is if you're studying a bunch, you end up really tiring out your mind by the end of the night, but you go lay down and you realize you've been sitting for 13 frickin' hours, and so your body's not tired at all, and so it's harder to fall asleep. If you get some gym workout in a couple hours before you go to bed, or better yet, in the morning, your body and your mind will be tired around the same time. Uh, getting up in the morning, I hate to recommend this, but it's really worked well, especially as a crutch. Drink some coffee. Guess what? Start with decaf. I know that makes no sense, but decaf coffee actually has caffeine in it. So just sometimes the smell of coffee will wake you up. That little bit of caffeine and decaf coffee will actually get you awake if you need it. And when you really need a serious boost, like it's finals time, it's go time, you can drink regular coffee and it'll be like rocket fuel. Don't drink it all day. Have a cup, you know, make some tea. That type of thing, if you're really into drinking something that's going to wake you up, you can do that. But don't get addicted to coffee instead of Adderall. It's equally bad for you, maybe. Maybe anyway. Uh, last but not least, and this is something, Jason, you have more experience with than me, Siltep or Alpha Brain or something like that. These are nootropics. They're, they're basically brain vitamins. They're not prescription. They're not going to be dangerous. You know, there's, these are natural substances. I use these selectively, but Jason, you take it every day, right? Yeah, I've been using Siltep for about six months now. It comes from Natural Stacks. 
And it's basically like an artichoke extract, uh, some foreskin, uh, which is not foreskin. Yeah, that's like, what that know, sounded like. Yeah. That's totally gross. Yeah, right. L-carnitine, B6, and some phenylalanine. And I take, well, I mean, on the caffeine side, I wake up and I have some pu'er in the morning, and I pop two of these. That's and tea for I'm, those of you who don't speak Mandarin or whatever. Yes, I have some pu'er tea with some, you know, turmeric and ginger mixed in. I've been having that for months now. Have that with these, and it's it it gets me through the day. It's like a slow burn, but I am I'm awake, I'm ready to go, and it really kind of feeds my brain. And when I notice when I go on vacation and I don't take it, I'm a little bit duller. So you know, and there's no side effects. You don't have withdrawals from it, and it's not a prescription type of drug. It's it's all natural. And some people will say, yeah, it's snake oil too, but. For me, I've done tests with and without, and I found out that for me, it works better with. I'm going to placebo you when you come to visit. I'm going to give it to you some days and not on other days, and I'm going to ask you how you feel. Perfect. And we'll see Let's if it, it even works. Um, but the other thing is, you, you mentioned when you don't do it, you feel a little foggy. This is the problem with getting off Adderall and things like that. But I want to tell you, man, it's okay to be foggy, especially if it's a weekend, you're on vacation, or you have summer. Don't worry that you're not thinking as creatively as possible. You're not supposed to be in the zone. This is another sort of weird Western thing that, that I get from my college days that I guarantee you you're going through, buddy. You feel like you got to be in the zone all the time. Like, yes, you think more creatively when you've taken Adderall. You feel like you're on your game a little bit more. Being in that state of mind all the time, the reason that it's so it's it's so so you're so honed in is because your body's essentially got adrenaline, endorphin, Tons of stuff like that is is really not good for your heart. Uh, Jason, you said a light that's twice as bright burns half as long, and that's very true. You're burning the candle at both ends. There's a lot of analogies and cool metaphors we can throw in here, but the fact is it's not good for you. And sometimes it's good to just decompress and be a little bit foggy, and that's not something that is outside your natural state. So, yeah, I understand the it's sort of addiction for being in that state all the time, but it's not necessary. So stay away from it. Wean yourself off Adderall. Stuff's not good for you, man. I got so much great email this week. I just want to say to inspire change in others is one of the greatest powers. And it's really an honor for me, and I, I'm sure I speak for you, Jason, as well, and the whole Art of Charm team, to have that place in your life for those of you who've been listening to us for so long. We try not to be super sappy, motivational, sort of you-can-do-it types without giving you guys the know-how and the practical advice to make it happen. And the fact of the matter is, a great many of you guys and gals are doing it. You're not planning to do it, you're not just learning about it, but you're actually taking the advice we give you here at The Art of Charm and putting it into practice, and that's awesome to hear. So I wholeheartedly encourage everyone who listens to this show to put a plan of action in place and stick to it. Start small, even the tiniest daily improvement will snowball into a core level identity shift that will improve your life and the lives of those around you forever. You will never forget these lessons, and you'll pass them on to your kids as well. You see, you're setting up your legacy here. You can change everything. So I really appreciate this position. I'm very honored to be in this position in your life if you're a regular listener. So I love you guys for that. Keep the emails coming, and I hope you guys enjoyed this. Don't forget, you can reach me, Jordan, at theartofcharm.com. I read everything. I'd love to hear from you. More from The Art of Charm at theartofcharm.com. Now have a great weekend, get out there and connect, and leave everyone better than you found them. 
Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to Kajabi dot com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com. dot com. 